Welcome to the podcast of First Universalist Church of Minneapolis. We are a faith community committed to dismantling oppression and building beloved community, a place of shared liberation, joy, and belonging. To learn more, visit us online at firstuniversalistchurch.org.
Thank you, Franco. Good morning. In honor of Black History, which particularly this month names us so to give honor to Black History, uh, Franco is teaching us through the piano in particular. Um, every single one of the anthems that Franco's bringing this month are from uh, Black composers. This particular uh, piece was called Of Dreams to Come. Am I right about that? Okay. Of Dreams to Come by the, uh, by the living jazz composer Robert Glasper. Robert Glasper, who I highly recommend to you. Uh, a little Louis Armstrong, uh, Louis Armstrong a little later in uh, our service. When my ancestors uh, began their uh, journey to the country we now know as America. It didn't happen voluntarily, to say the least. In fact, there was quite a bit of force involved, quite a bit of tragedy, quite a bit of life crisis. And I imagine the very first thing that would have had to have been done to those of my ancestors who were being enslaved was they had to have their movement taken away in the hands, in the feet, on ships, in fields. They had to have their movement restricted. And so it's no wonder that as soon as the African-American people began to make music for themselves, what they came up with was song after song about moving. It was a just rebellion in song form. And so we sing, guide my feet while I run this race. And we sing, I'm on my way to the freedom land to celebrate the audacity of claiming our own space in the room, of claiming that we have uh, autonomy. We can say where we get to go, and we are free no matter what the situation. Amen. That has happened as a tradition for hundreds and hundreds of years. And now we're greeted by yet another set of traditions from another set of people who are saying, but I don't move that way. I don't, I don't walk about the earth. I roll. Uh, I, don't, uh, I don't so much run. I pole is what I call it. Is roll, stroll, or pole. Where are the songs for me? And to, to that I say, as Unitarian Universalists, we have a mission, we have a calling to hold the truth of the history of guide my feet and I'm on my way to hold up the integrity of that tradition and to welcome with compassion and open hearts the new traditions that are calling for us to call to them. That said, the hymn is Guide My Feet. 
And I'm welcoming you into this, not as a historical artifact, but as a chance to expand and widen and open our minds and our hearts to what has come before and what could possibly come next. Your body will be needed for the hymn. If you think I mean you, I do. stable, very nice. And if you think I mean you, you are in luck, I do mean you. Exactly. We'll do this part. That's you, that's you. And it goes like this. Listen to that one again. Catch that last one by surprise, right? Yes, yes, that's it, one more time. Yes, 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 yes. A little earlier, right? John? Yes, 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 way to go. Okay, okay. So we'll sing. Guide my feet while I run this race. And we'll sing. Guide my feet. While I run this race, guide my feet. While I run this race, for I don't want to run this race in vain. And then we'll go back to our percussion parts. We'll get another chance with Guide My Feet while I run this race. Way to go, way to go. One more time, one more time, one more time. Let's sing the verse now, Guide My Feet. Guide my feet while I run this race. in pain. Away we go, say. God. 
Hold my hand while I run this race. Hold my hand while I run this race. Sing with me. Hold my hand while I run this race. Hold my hand while I run this race. Hold my hand while I run this race. For I don't want to run this race in pain. Here we go. Can someone make the beat more interesting? Oh, that did it. That did it, for sure. <laughs> One last verse. Stand by me while I run this race. Stand by me while I run this race. Oh, stand by me. Oh, I run this race. Stand by me while I run this race. For I don't want to run this race in vain. Last time percussion, here we go. got two more times to make this as interesting as you can. Yes, yes, exactly. Here we go. Yes, way to go. Thank you, Dr. Glenn Thomas for warming us up with some practice. For some of us, we need to feel practice in our bodies, and some of us need an entry point in the brain or the mind. This is what I'm about to read you is the brain equivalent of what we just did. So bear with me. This is a call to worship from Omar Brownson, inspired by Norma Wan's program, The Art of Waging Peace. Habit. Habit is the unconscious glove that separates us from direct contact to our awareness. Practice takes off the gloves so our hands can touch our hearts, shift our minds to remember our wholeness. Collective acceleration is how we change habits like the murmuration of starlings dancing together to the constant song of remembering. We live in a culture of forgetting, of always wanting more. We want to forget before we forgive or are forgiven. The scarcity of never enough lives in the shadows of the forgotten until we re member. We can rejoin and rejoice with each other anew in the current of abundant love.
How do we make sacred the changing of our habits? Grief is a ceremony for our forgottenness. Death is required before rebirth. Let us make space now for the sacredness of changing our habits together as we begin with this practice of lighting our chalice together. And Charlie, if you will join me, please. Please join me in saying the words for our lighting of the chalice now. Love is the spirit of this church and service is its law. This is our great covenant to dwell together in peace, to seek the truth in love, and to help one another. Sing, 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 sing. Yes, but did you hear how much of the NG at the end of that word that I, uh, that I tasted? It was delicious. I recommend it to you. Sing, sing. Your turn. Sing, 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 sing. Yes, yes. Next one. Sing, sing, sing. Sing, listen to me again. Sing, 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 sing. Your turn. Sing, sing. Oh, 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 Listen. Sing, sing. Meet me down there. Sing. Yes. Sing, sing, sing. Sing, yes, one more time. So the whole thing goes like this. Sing, 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 sing. And then sing, 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 sing. Your turn. Sing, 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 sing. Yes, sing, sing. Sing, sing, one more time. Sing, 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 sing. My life flows on in endless song Above us lamentation I hear the real, the far-off hymn That hails a new creation Right? Okay, okay. That's the mission that we're on. And I would... Oh, do we slow down? Oh, okay, okay. I, I see you. No, let's live for the challenge. Okay, 
Any, uh, let's see. My life flows on in endless song. Will you sing with me? Above earth's lamentation, I hear the real, though far off hymn that hails a new creation. Through all the tumult and the strife, I hear the music ringing. It sounds an echo in my soul. How can I keep from singing? If you are in group one, that's you. That's you. We'll go sing, sing. While we, group two, sing, my life flows on in endless song. And then, by verse two, everyone will have sung so beautifully that all the room will get jealous of the other person's part. And we'll switch. Okay? And then, verse three, stay tuned. Okay? Let's, let's start here. Sing, one, two, three. Sing, sing. Sing, do you hear the bells? Sing, 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 sing. My life flows on in endless song, above us lamentation. I hear the real, the far off him that hails a new creation. Through all the tumult and the strife, I hear the music. Ringing, it sounds an echo in my soul. How can I keep from singing? Lovely, 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 lovely. Your turn. Sing, 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 sing. What though the tempest round me roared, I know the truth it liveth. What though the darkness round me closed, songs in the night it giveth. No storm can shake my inmost calm, while to that rock I'm clinging. Since love prevails in heaven and earth, how can I keep from singing? Everybody, let's sing the tune, and let's finish off by gently letting the hymn down on sing, sing, the hymn. Let's sing the verse first. The verse, when tyrants tremble, one, two. When tyrants tremble as they hear the bells of freedom ringing. Your whole voice. When And dungeon vile, our thoughts to them are Are undefiled. How can I keep from singing?
it's, it's a wonder one can keep from singing when the result of our singing is so beautiful and so warm and so inviting. I hope the memories of our songs stay with you at least, at least through Monday. <laughs> there is something beautiful about the way that you're practicing community with one another, with me. There's something beautiful there that is worth not only living, but worth remembering day after day after day. So, now our spiritual growth and development time deepens, and some of us do that work here, some of us do it down the hall, some of us in other places, but the truth, the truth is all the same. We're all seeking the blessings of truth and joy and power and love. So may we be blessed in that search while we're apart, and may we be a blessing to each other when we see each other again. You can't speak before thousands, can't sing like angels. You can give from deep within you. You can change the world starting with your own love. Loving kindness in Buddhism is one of the foundational keys to removing, to taking away suffering in the world. Loving kindness isn't politeness. It's not niceness. It's even distinct from compassion. It's an unrelenting kindness. It is a flow of goodwill that does not pause when we're pissed off. And it doesn't stop when we're sad. Loving kindness, from a mind frame of unconditional kindness, we manifest the energy we need in our bodies for healing to happen. We manifest an unconditional energy in our bodies for healing to happen within and between us all. And so I welcome you as our time for meditation and prayer greets us, I welcome you to a bit more singing. This time, it's a chant of a loving kindness meditation. Loving kindness starts with yourself. You begin by wishing yourself to be well. You begin by locating that place that forgives you, even when you feel unforgivable. Locate that place of compassion for yourself. And the idea is just to, to pray it until you mean it.
may I be filled with loving kindness. May I be well. May I be peaceful and at ease. May I be whole. And from that well spring, we draw the compassion wider. And we wish for loving kindness to visit those who are not us. May you be filled with loving kindness. May you be whole. It only works if you know who you're talking about. May you be peaceful and at ease. And the idea is that from this place, we can connect our own bodies, our own life journeys to the life journeys of all, of all beings. May we all be peaceful and at ease. May we all have the energy to heal. There's no one right way to engage in this prayer and you don't have to be Buddhist in order to understand it. But I welcome you to know who you mean when you pray for your own loving kindness. To know who you mean when you pray for another's. To know who you mean when you connect yourself to all beings. We'll have some time to practice. The chant goes like this. May I be filled with loving kindness. May I be well. May I be filled with loving kindness. May I be And at ease, may I be whole. Resist the temptation right now to feel uh, like you have to get this perfect. That, that's not going to happen, and we don't want it to happen. Between all of us will get to the end of the chant, even if we're just learning it for the first time. Sing with me. May I be filled with loving kindness. May I be well. May I be filled with loving kindness may I be well may I be peaceful and at ease may
from here, we extend our embrace to you. May you be filled with loving kindness. May you be well. May you be filled with loving kindness. Let us remember our connection to the wider world of creation when we say, may we be filled with loving kindness. May these prayers we remember now combine with the love of this community and go with us in the days to come. And may the blessing of this community's love be there too when we remember the prayers that we have yet forgotten. May we be well. May we be peaceful. May we be at ease. May we be whole. Ashe. Amen. Blessed be. Now is the time when we make loving kindness a practice of our resources, when we hold each other and our wider world in a we. Today's collection will go to strengthen the work of Augsburg Fairview Academy, our longtime partner, an intercultural learning community with a vision for equity and justice right here in Minneapolis. I invite you to give boldly. I invite you to give for justice, for loving kindness is reached to stretch wide. And if this is a Sunday when you need to find the courage to practice loving kindness towards yourself, when you need to practice receiving, I invite you to find one of us staff people after worship. We have funds we can offer. And if you are joining us online, I invite you to um, reach out to us via email, and I will put that email in the chat. Thank you. 
Let us receive our morning offering now. Thank you, Franco. The nice thing about sitting up here is that um, when I start to, you know, do that church cry thing, I can see some of you church crying as well, so I know I'm not the only one. <laughs> That's why we have boxes of Kleenex on the pews. Hmm. 
what would church be without ugly crying, right? First and foremost, I feel like I need to, um, I need to answer the multiple choice question that I dropped in the liberal on Thursday. So that question, if you saw it, was who said the arc of the moral universe is long but it bends toward justice? It was a multiple choice question. The answers that I offered were uh, the Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., Reverend Theodore Parker, or none of the above. Uh, so let's do a little show of hands. And uh, Ashley, if you can help translate what's, what's happening online, that'd be awesome. Um, so uh, show of hands for who said that. Uh, Dr. King. All right. And what are folks online saying? How's it looking? They're ahead of, they're ahead, okay. Oh, they're winning. Okay, what about, uh, what about Theodore Parker? Fewer hands. Let's see what's happening up in the balcony. The balcony's sitting out this one. All right. You all are pretty cool, but the folks on the balcony are on a whole nother level. <laughs> Three years I've been waiting. Three years I've been waiting. <laughs> and today was the day. I couldn't resist. How about none of the above? All right. Okay. Okay. Zoom is still ahead of us, huh? Yes. We'll meme that one this week. Um, all right, so if you, said, if you said king, you are correct. And if you said Parker, you are correct as well. And Theodore Parker said it first. Unitarian minister Theodore Parker said it first. In a sermon preached in 1853, he said, I do not pretend to understand the moral universe. The ark is a long one. My eye reaches but a little ways. I cannot calculate the curve and complete the figure by experience of sight. I can divine it by conscience. And from what I see, I am sure it bends toward justice. I am talking about Parker and King today because both were writing of the essential commitments of spirit during revolutionary times. I'm not sure that Parker was fully aware of the revolutionary nature of the times that he was in. The Civil War was on the horizon but distant still in 1853. Parker an abolitionist was deeply involved in fighting slavery, but the coming war was not yet a certainty. As it is with all conflict, it is upon us suddenly, and in retrospect, we speculate about what could have been, but at the time, Parker wasn't aware of what was coming. King, on the other hand, was 100% aware 
that the country he addressed was in the midst of revolution, a revolution that he had helped to ignite. He said as much when he addressed us Unitarian Universalists at a Ware lecture in 1966. Speaking to the Unitarian Universalists gathered at our General Assembly that year, here is what King had to say to us. Don't sleep through a revolution. That was the title of his talk that day, warning us quite clearly that the church had a duty to stay awake in times of upheaval and use our powers to help bend the arc of the universe toward justice. As he said to us in 1966, and I hope you'll forgive the long quote, one of the great misfortunes of history is that all too many individuals and institutions find themselves in a period of great change and yet fail to achieve the new attitudes and outlooks that the new situation demands. There is nothing more tragic than to sleep through a revolution. And there can be no gainsaying of the fact that a social revolution is taking place in our world today. He said, we see it in other nations in the demise of colonialism. We see it in our own nation in the struggle against racial segregation and discrimination. And as we notice this struggle, we are aware of the fact that a social revolution is taking place in our midst. An older order is passing away and a new order is coming into being. Fire extinguishers right there. An older order is passing away and a new order is coming into being. The great question is, what do we do when we find ourselves in such a period? What do we do when we find ourselves in such a period? King's answer was a simple one. Stay awake. Stay awake. Stay awake and stay centered in what the church is about. Let faith guide us toward the new attitudes and new outlooks that the new situation demands. But what is the church about? Something very interesting is going on here. That might be a little more interesting than we want it to be. You. you got it? I got you. All right. Hmm. I think we can just do this. Yeah, yeah. Can you? Uh, yes. Yes. No. Yes. Hi, friends. Thank you for your, thank you for your care. Uh, this is taken care of.
Let's not be so quick to let that energy go. Just notice what you're feeling. A quickening. A desire to help. A tingling. Fingers, toes. Preparation for the possibility of needing to respond in a particular way. There's so much wisdom in our bodies. And we can just allow that to be. Trust that our bodies know what to do. If you have a lot of that moving because of experiences that you have had with fire or flame, please do get up and move around. Listen to what it is that you need. We don't need to tamp that energy down. We don't need to act out of it. We can just trust that our bodies will do what they need to do. Shake, cry, breathe. Being attentive to the moment and to what is true, to trusting that inner voice is one of the things that the church is about. Trusting that together we can find a way is one of the things that the church is about. A hundred years before King, Theodore Parker was asking very similar questions. In 1866, about a hundred years before King addressed the Unitarian Universalist Association, Theodore Parker preached a sermon titled The Transient and the Permanent in Christianity. Let me actually back up and check in with y'all. You okay? Can we keep moving? All right. So Parker preached this sermon at an ordination. Ordinations were a place when ministers of the time and still sometimes today took it as an opportunity to address their colleagues, their fellow ministers, perhaps more so than the gathered congregation. And, and the challenge that Parker was lifting up the challenge really of all ministers at all times is how to understand a historical religion in the context of the modern world. How to take a text thousands of years old and for Parker help his modern, intellectually curious, scientifically minded people relate to it. He described us in this, in this sermon, well, he described our, um, our ancestors as living in a calculating nation 
being of a rationalizing sect. It sounds kind of familiar, doesn't it? He was trying to figure out how to help these folks understand that Christianity had something to say to them, and he was trying to figure out what it was that it had to say. And lest we believe that it was just Christianity that had this problem, it is a pattern that Parker saw in every tradition, in every historical period that he looked at. How do we make sense of texts and teachings that are so far removed from where we understand ourselves to be? Parker struggled to make sense of what it is that we are to do in this situation. He said, how fleeting is what man calls great, how lasting what God pronounces true. And this is a wrestling that I think we have all been grappling with in ways individual and collective these last many years. What is the truth that we can hold on to even as so much around us changes? The pandemic, those years that began in 2020 for us and are continuing still today as COVID-19 becomes endemic. It exposed the many fissures and the fault lines in our society. And the uprisings around the country following George Floyd's murder exposed more. Many of us asked some version of this question. How can this thing that I love, whether it be church or school or workplace or neighborhood or family, how can this thing that I love, this thing that I have loved for so long, now seem to be so rife with flaws? How is that possible? Did I not perceive these before? Has it always been like this? And what can I trust and believe in now? Some amongst us saw this crumbling and we raced for the mountaintop, rushing to take advantage of this window of opportunity to gain ground and then try to hold it. And others reached our arms out wide. We reached our hearts out wide, we dug our feet in, and we said to ourselves, in the midst of fracture, I am committed to holding us together. In truth, it is likely that many of us toggled between all of these responses and more, sometimes grieving and questioning, sometimes blaming and jockeying for power, other times finding our center and rooting down into the earth into our deepest values as we faced this moment. We are not binary creatures. We contain multitudes. We contain and express a wholeness, and while we may lean toward one expression more than the other, in the truth of our hearts, we carry this full range of perception and expression and possibility. Meanwhile, King whispers, do not sleep through a revolution. Stay awake. Be the church that perceives the arc of the moral universe and move toward justice, not for yourself alone, but for ever widening circles.
117 years prior, Parker looked around, saw the struggles to end slavery, saw the power of industry and science to subdue the natural world, or so they thought. And Parker said, I do not understand the moral universe, but I believe the ark is long and it bends toward justice. I do not know this from what I can see, but rather from conscience, from that still, small voice. The still, small voice inside that whispers to me of what is true. For Parker, Parker's answer in that sermon was the voice of a robust love that he saw at the heart of Christianity. A robust love that leads us toward right relation with self, with other, and with the world. And he handed that forward, and a hundred years later, King picked up that baton. Not directly. Not directly from Parker. It had passed through many hands in the intervening years, many feet in that race, guided not by the transience of dogma in its many forms, but by a fundamental commitment to discern individually and together the path toward that horizon, however distant it may be. That horizon from which justice is calling. Justice, as Dr. Cornell West called it, when he said justice is what love looks like in public. And so we find ourselves here. The baton has been extended. Will we awaken? Will we stay awake? Will we take it? Will we discern a path forward together, releasing the winner-take-all simple democratic forms that we have inherited, forms that privilege the majority at the expense of all else, will we reach for something else? Something that is probably more complicated, something that is certainly harder to do amidst our desires and our fragilities, something that cannot be discerned through our senses but must follow the movement of spirit and the direction of our hearts. This is our commitment, church. Unless you think I leave you here, pointed somewhere but without a map, that would be really rude. I want to offer up my experience of what might point the way. Where I'm pointing us is probably fairly obvious. I believe that it is our spirits that point the way. That the essential movement of our faith is not religion or theology, important as those are, but the spiritual practice, practices that hone our capacity to listen to what's deeply true for us, to hold paradox and complexity, as we did this morning, as Dr. Glenn Thomas led us in, stomping our feet, clapping our hands, and snapping doing all that separately and together and singing on top of that. Our bodies, our spirits know so much more about holding complexity and paradox than our brains do. Spiritual disciplines, spiritual disciplines that help us move out of our intellect and into our hearts, 
into these bodies that hold complexity in ways that our minds literally cannot grasp. My mind might struggle to make sense of another person's ideas, particularly when I find them hurtful, but my heart, when I am honest and less defended, loves that person all the same. So how do we do this, right? How do we do this? It is deceptively simple. Here comes the paradox and the complexity. It is deceptively simple, but it asks that we do something that we're not always very good at doing. Commit to a single spiritual practice. I'm going to say that again. A single spiritual practice. Don't be a practice hopper. You know exactly what I'm talking about. Just one. And practice it. Whether it's prayer, meditation, mindful movement, if you're not sure if your practice counts, let me offer these markers. Pick a practice that has a lineage, meaning that it comes from somewhere. You didn't just wake up one morning and be like, hey, getting out of bed is my spiritual practice. It has a path. Others have traveled it and can help you find your way. And there is a defined and discernible practice, and you can make a daily commitment to it with discipline, intention, and attention. Pattern, path, practice. And seek this too. Any spiritual practice worth its name is going to make you uncomfortable even more so than you may already be. It will open up your inner landscape. It will show you your ego in ways that you will not appreciate. It will ask you to work through your stuff. Therapy can be a wonderful partner to spiritual practice. It will also connect you to the earth in ways that you may not have experienced. And through that, awaken a compelling to act on that connection. It will heighten your awareness of others around you, seen and unseen, and it will wear away at the lie of individualism that might just be more destructive than the extractive capitalism that is defiling our land, our water, and our ways of life. It will also if you commit and practice. Awaken your capacity to dream as we accept the baton of history and our roles in it. In 1866, Theodore Parker imagined a world traveling along an arc that bent toward justice. In 1966, King gave shape to a dream that invited a nation. What does our future look like 100 years from now? As we gather in community, as we learn to travel gently on this planet, as we treat the earth and all that calls it home as our kindred, treating each being as if our life depended on its flourishing because we know that it does. One hundred years from now, how do we dream 
a world in which we are not just surviving. That is too low a bar. How do we dream of a world in which we are flourishing? So dream this with me, congregation, that our dreams might become prayers, that our prayers might be what guides us. It is the second Sunday in February, 2123. After the service, you make your way to the social hall. One side of that room is bustling with a sharing area where congregants and community bring what they have in abundance to share and folks take what they need. Food, vegetables grown in their gardens, tools, money, clothing. In another corner, some elders are gathered helping some members of the church work through a conflict. As you walk past, you can feel that they are deep in it. You can feel the energy. You can feel the connection, the heart connection, and the care as laughter and tears combine. You keep walking. You make your way to the kitchen. You put on an apron. As you join a team of folks, youth and adult, working together to make meals to deliver to community members who need food. This week, you're making pozole and a casserole. The board on the wall says that next week, you're making chili and cornbread. You listen as the 15-year-old cutting vegetables with you complains about a fight with their older sibling. You listen. You offer words of care and encouragement, and you smile when they thank you for being their chopping buddy. You all join hands and bless the food, sending the love and care of the church out into the world. What does your dream look like? When we leap forward in our hearts and imagine that future, one where more than just surviving, we are flourishing, as are all the beings around us. Our work then becomes to back up and dream together the smaller arcs that make up that long one. History is not a continuous story, but the merging together of many stories. Our work then becomes to make channels for those stories, channels for those streams of love that together create our future. May it be so, and amen. Rise. I invite you to rise. The hymn is 299. Make channels for the streams of love that they may broadly run. Away we go. Make channels for the streams of love that they may broadly run. 
And love has overflowing streams To fill them everyone But if at any time we cease Such channels to provide The very fount of love for us Will soon be parched and dried For we must share if we would keep This gift all else above We cease to give, we cease to have Such is the law of As you prepare to go out into the world to make channels for those streams of love, I offer you these words from Reverend Wayne Arneson. Take courage, friends. The way is often hard, the path is never clear, and the stakes are very high. Take courage. For deep down, there is another truth. You are not alone. As you go, may you be blessed and be a blessing. May you remember that where you go, I go. For listening to this podcast from First Universalist Church of Minneapolis. We're a welcoming community that finds strength in the diversity of identities of all who find inspiration and comfort here. Podcasts are free to download, but they cost money to make. If you find spiritual sustenance from this podcast, please consider supporting our ministry. Visit firstuniversalistchurch.org donate to make your gift. If you're able to join us in person or online for Sunday worship, we'd love to welcome you. To learn more, visit us online at firstuniversalistchurch.org.